Welcome to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Melissa K. Barham, and I'm an entrepreneur, traveler, thinker, and creative on a mission to help you discover and lean deeper into your purpose. Here, we'll have inspiring conversations over topics like business, spirituality, personal development, mindset and manifestation, and how to live on purpose. My goal with this podcast is to help you connect with the answers already inside of you and expand your vision of who you truly are and who you're meant to be. I'm so grateful you're here and I can't wait to set off in the pursuit of purpose together. Now let's jump in. Bonjour tout le monde et bienvenue à la Pursuit of Purpose podcast. Je m'appelle Melissa. Welcome back everybody to the Pursuit of Purpose podcast. My name is Melissa Kay and I am insanely excited to record this episode today. It is going to be a little bit off track of the purpose theme, but also not really because um, y'all know I love to travel, clearly moving about all the time. And Paris is somewhere that has my heart and, um, you know, is even a big thing that like fuels my re- my reasons and my way of um, what I want to do, the freedom I want to create in my life, because it's one of those cities where I am going to live there for a longer time at some point, but wanted to dedicate an episode to it today. One, because I think a lot of people are on the move again and just traveling about a lot of people, a lot of my friends of mine, I see going to Paris, which is so exciting. Um, but also just because it's, yeah, it's my favorite city in the world, courtesy of my mom. Um, I went there the first time with her and it's her favorite city in the world and it has very quickly become mine as well. Um, so wanted to make this episode to kind of recount, well not recount because I'm not going to go over my, my whole month and a half there or whatever, but I spent a month and a bit over in Paris this past spring and it's taken me this freaking long to record this episode for you guys because um, I wanted to do a best of all my tips and tricks for Paris for you. There's so much out there to read and I think a podcast is a really good way to consume personal opinion about a place and hopefully you'll take this as an educated personal opinion because um, Paris is of any city probably my most visited. Um, I've been there six times now and a lot of the times I go there for an extended period of time so at least a month. Um, So that's what I was doing this past spring. I had an apartment there that I was renting, um, had some stuff that I needed to do there um, but also some vacation stuff as well. So if you're curious of how I did that on the apartment side of things, then you can always DM me if you want. I'm not going to talk about that here, Um, but lots of cool ways to do that. Met such incredible people. Neela, shout out for you if you're listening to this podcast um, that I'm still friends with today, like had the best time. So without further ado, going to jump into everything about Paris, Um, kind of my favorite things. stuff to avoid, stuff to definitely go and see, really everything that I can give you for kind of tailored to if you've never been there before, because if you've been, you probably know these things already, (laughs) but if you've never been there before, I'm hoping that this can help you kind of lay a foundation and get the best that Paris has to offer. Because, you know, as a general foundation here to start uh, start off, I know there's mixed reviews from people about when they go to Paris. I have friends who love it as I do. And I have friends who absolutely abhor it and will never go back. And I mean, I think that's kind of like with every city, you either gel with it or you don't. But I think there's something about Paris specifically. And the key I've found is truthfully, 
if you have expectations, like high and specific expectations of what Paris is in this sort of like Disney, like fairy tale land in your head, you're going to be disappointed. Not because it's not incredible, because it is magical. Like I truly believe it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. There's an energy about Paris that's insane. But if you have a way that it's supposed to go and that how it's supposed to smell and what the weather is supposed to be like and oh I'm supposed to walk across this bridge and like have a kiss in the middle and like no one comes by and you know shouts something at me like if you have an idea <laughs> very specifically of what your trip is supposed to be like but then also at the same time have this like hit list of everything you have to see to air quotes get the Paris experience you're going to be pissed off like you're going to be like this sucks this is overrated blah 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 so have an idea of things to see and I'll help you create that and have that but just be like really open-minded to I'll just say that the beauty and the magic of Paris comes from having really no agenda and limited expectations you literally just observe and kind of let it touch you that seems really woo-woo to say I, I don't know I don't know how to explain it because it does have such a magic and anyone who does love Paris the way that I do um will know what I mean anyway whatever so that was that's my like general basis kind of um thought (laughs) so I'm gonna kick it off with where to stay um I think that's like a big question for people um or maybe even before that you're gonna be flying in naturally um there's three different airports I don't even know what the other one is there's really only two that people use but there's actually three um there's Charles de Gaulle, which is in the northeast, um, most frequented, probably the one you're going to fly into. There's Orly, which is in the south, less flown into, more budget kind of airlines if you're flying in from other places in Europe. A lot of the times it goes to Orly. Um, or if you're coming from Canada, then, you know, some cheaper airlines. And then I don't know what the other one's called, so that's just irrelevant. Um, really easy kind of to get from both of them now. Uh, it used to be Charles de Gaulle was the easiest, still is the easiest, but you can take the train um, the metro, as they call it, directly from the airport there, Orly, you just kind of have this little connector shuttle thing, and then you can get on the on the metro. Um, it's a straight shot into the center of Paris, into Châtelet, um, or Gare du Nord, uh, and then you can kind of just transfer from there and go wherever you want. So, where to stay? Um, Paris, if you're not familiar with it, is divided up into 20 arrondissements, so those are neighborhoods. Um, they each kind of, they have a name, they have very much a vibe, um, and so people will talk in, like, arrondissements in Paris, like, oh, you're in the third, or you're, like, in the first. Um, the actual map of Paris, if you look at it, it's like a circle, um, the highway kind of borders around the whole thing, so the arrondissements are, like, for the center of Paris, I suppose, the, the city center, are inside of that ring, and they move around in a snail, so it's not like left to right or up or down they like just look at a map (laughs) but they spiral out so like one and two and three they kind of go like sideways and up and then over um yeah anyway in a snail you'll see what I mean when you look at a map um where to stay really based on your opinion uh, based on what you want to see based on your budget for me if you you're a first-time visitor to Paris and you want to like you you want to see that like the old Fran old Paris old France that you have like in your mind of like closed streets and cobblestones and like that really cute 
kind of old Paris, Le Marais, um, the third and the fourth. Um, that's my truly my favorite part of the city to be. It's where I always am. Um, whenever I was visiting Paris before, my aunt, she lives in Le Marais, and I stayed in Le Marais this time as well. So um, I really don't go anywhere else. Um, I will travel, sorry, out of the Marais, but when I stay, I love to stay there because it's just like, it has such a deep heart feel for Paris. And it's the closest thing to um, Ile de la Cité, which is where Notre Dame is. And that is actually the center of France. All distances are measured. There is um, a plaque's not the word, a point, like a point marker on the ground in front of Notre Dame. You can't see it right now because it's all boarded up because of the reconstruction. Um, but actually all distances in France are measured from that point. So that is truly the center of Paris, center of France. Um, so I like its proximity to that. I don't like staying in the first because it's really busy because it's the Louvre area. Um, you can though. I mean, if you have like work and kind of that stuff to do, it's a good area to be in. Anyway, my recommendation is the third and the fourth, um, de Marais. If you want to be in kind of more like eclectic areas or like student-ish areas, um, Bastille is really nice. That's just east of Le Marais. Um, a little bit cheaper for sure, because it's a little bit farther out from the center. Um, around Republique and Oberkampf, which is north of the Marais, also a little bit cheaper. Um, it's kind of going up the canal. You'll have to look at a map to know what I'm talking about, so I suggest you pop one out right now if you're listening to this. Um, but that area is actually really cool as well and a little bit cheaper to stay in, especially if you're like airbnb Um The other really two cool areas, and I'll talk about them a bit more too as well, is um, Saint-Germain, um, Desprez, and the Latin Quarter, Sobonne. They are on the left bank. So when we say left bank or right bank, it's of the Seine, it's of the river. So left side is like south of the river and right is, you know, like north of the river. Um, so left bank over there is really cool as well. University-esque neighborhood, um, much different looking than the Marais, but um, a lot of like coffee shops and like bookstores, like Shakespeare and companies over there. Um, the Jardin de Luxembourg. Yeah, lots of cool stuff's over there too. Um I'm not a big fan of the 8th or the 7th. Um, it's more moving over towards like the Eiffel Tower, um, the Champs-Élysées, like that whole area. It's really residential, like high-priced, like high-priced residential, especially the Champs-Élysées. And uh, there's just nothing really over there to see apart from those two monuments, which you're like, you probably don't want to be around all the time anyway. Um, if you want cool fun neighborhood but also cool view of the Eiffel Tower then yeah Saint-Germain um is where you want to be you can't see any of that from like your window in in Le Marais um but yeah they have the best kind of views of of that stuff about the big monuments but uh yeah that's a little bit about the Arrondissements you can kind of take your pick that way but I recommend kind of that older side of the city um yeah so talking about now how to get around um many ways. I mean, you can choose to Uber and taxi your way around the city if you want. It is not, it, that is the last way I recommend. I mean, like, I literally recommend you walking in the rain as opposed to that. But I mean, if you got to get somewhere fast, have at her. My number one recommendation in Paris is to walk. I don't really care what season you're in there. If you're in Paris, you need to walk because the magic of Paris is actually seeing it on foot. And a lot of the times, and I'll say this repeatedly, like walking without actually even knowing where you're going sometimes, like being okay with getting lost. 
Um, my favorite way of doing things is it is a big city. You can walk for 10 hours a day. I've done that before. It's exhausting. Um, so my favorite way that I recommend to my friends, um, my best friends right there right now, hi Bianca, um, is I told her like walk in the morning, like you're, you're fresh set out that way. And then if you're dead tired, Metro home, but that way you're not using like Metro tickets, like both ways, everywhere you're going, unless you're popping up to like Montmartre or something, then yeah, Metro up there. Cause you're going uphill unless you want to walk the whole way. Have at her. Um, that brings me to the Metro. Metro is awesome in Paris. If you're afraid of using it, don't be like, be aware. Don't be dumb like carry, you know, your backpacks and things on your front pickpockets are definitely a real thing in Paris. And if you look like someone should take advantage of you, they will take advantage of you. So don't appear like that. Um, so you don't need to be afraid of the Metro. It's really straightforward. There's a couple lines. They're all numbered, like not with weird letters, like in New York, they're just numbered, normal numbers and all colored. And, um, they have a lot of really good crossovers and everything. I suggest, um, if you're in a station, like pick up one of their tiny little maps. Um, they're literally like half the size of your palm. They're for free. So that can kind of help you get around. Um, there's also the RER line and that is a train line as well, but they're like bigger trains that go to like the extended edges of the city or outside of the city. So like one goes to Disneyland, one goes to the airport, one goes to Versailles, et cetera, et cetera. You can use them though in the city for the same ticket for the same price to get anywhere. So like if you see an RER line running through the city and you want to get on it to get where you need to go, it's not any more expensive until you go outside of that ring of the city center. I hope that makes sense. Um, the Metro runs on just tickets. They have a Navigo pass. You don't get that. Even when I live there for a month, I, I don't get it. Maybe I should, but like you're still a visitor. So as a visitor, always use the little tickets. My suggestion is to buy them in the books of 10. They are cheaper and it is a pain in the bum to go and buy single tickets when you need them every time, especially if it's like pouring rain and you decide to get on the Metro. Good luck getting a ticket from a machine. Or if you're in a rush to like get to a show or get to the airport, like have your tickets beforehand. Um, you don't, yeah, it just makes way more sense. So they come in books of 10, buy them like that. The other way you can get around is on the Velib bikes. So if you're familiar with like City Bike in New York or TD Bikes in Toronto, I don't think they have them the same, Shaw Bikes in Vancouver, whatever. Those like stands where they're parked all over the city and you can pick one up. You ride for 30 minutes for free, got to redock it, you can get another one. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, very common in some of these large cities in the world. So the Vela breaks are really great. You can buy, I think, a day pass, uh, a three-day pass maybe, and then a week-long pass. Um, I really suggest getting like a multi-day one, It's unless you only just want a bike for one day. But to me, I use it also interchangeably like as an option to get around between walking or metroing. Like if where I'm going, I can get to really easily with the Seine, like along the Seine, I will bike because biking along the Seine is like such a fast route going east-west through the city. The metro is actually not the fastest way to go east-west through the city sometimes. Um, so biking's really great. You can see like a lot of different neighborhoods. Just remember to dock every 30 minutes so that you don't get like overcharged. Um, but you can use that all over the place. My, one of my favorite things to do is like bike at night along the Seine. The whole, the, um, there's areas along the Seine that used to be, 
uh, um, for cars, like the road. And now it's all like pedestrian, runners, bikers, like little um, riverside bars and stuff. Really, really fun. So that's like one of my favorite things, but a great way to also get around. Last but not least for getting around is the, like, you'll see all these um, scooters and like e-bikes that you can unlock and rent all over the city. They're kind of parked in these dock stations everywhere. Well, actually, they're not they're not stations. They're just parking spots. Um, they're good because they're fast. So the e-bikes will like take off on you and same with the scooters. And there's like bike lanes for them, especially on like Rue Rivoli and like some major roads and stuff. Don't be too scared of Paris drivers. They're not that crazy. Like if you hit someone, they'll definitely get out of their car and yell at you for sure. Um, and if that happens, then like back away slowly (laughs) but um you don't have to be afraid of like them being super crazy drivers or anything uh in my experience the 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 unlocked like bikes and scooters are good they they do cost a bit so to me it's more like a fun gimmicky like hey i just want to ride a scooter down the river for a bit but it ends up costing you like a a significant ish amount if you're going a long distance the vela bikes are definitely cheaper than the e-bike unlock type bikes um but they are fun every every once in a while. One thing to note is you have to have the app. So make sure whatever thing you're renting, you have an app for it. And you have like data on your phone to do it. You can't unlock it any other way. And it's also a pain in the ass sometimes because they won't dock unless you park them in like a designated station. And in my experience, sometimes my GPS like wouldn't recognize that I was standing where I was standing. So I'd be like trying to lock my bike and I'm just racking up charges and it won't lock it was so annoying um so that's the downside of that one but also fun if you want something to do okay moving on from there so must see for your first time in paris a couple things i listed out here that i wanted to share with you guys um that i really think if you are going for the first time they are worthwhile to see first of all uh or first first up is versailles so people will say mixed things about Versailles. I love Versailles. That, let's cap that with, I don't necessarily love the palace of Versailles. So I'll come back to that in a second. But if you've never been, you have to go. It is grandeur at its finest. It is the palace that Louis XIV made the Sun King when um, he relocated like the royal household of Paris or of, of France outside of Paris to Versailles, built up this huge mansion um i'm sure you've seen pictures of it it's like gold everywhere hall of mirrors all that fun stuff um versailles stunning you spend a whole day there truly um i go as early as possible you have to book in advance now so don't assume that you can just show up you have to book a slot time um my recommendation i've gone there multiple times my favorite part of versailles is the gardens not the palace and i'm like an art history major like i love the artwork and everything that's in the palace but I've seen it once, so definitely see it if you've never gone. But my favorite part is the gardens. I would allocate more time to the gardens. There's 280 plus hectares of land um, at the Palace of Versailles, and it is incredible. You can um, take a golf cart around them. You can bike them. I would suggest doing that. It's my favorite. Um, you can ride a bo- or rent a boat out on the lake. Um, so many things and these gardens are like the high high class French manicured gardens they have um, musical fountain days or like musical garden days on special days my recommendation is always to go to musical fountain day it's like the the most like 
the most eventful day that they have in the gardens. It's like an extra charge, I think, a little bit to go into them. But all the different fountains will be on. These are fountains like back from when the gardens were built. Like they are old and they have music coordinated playing with them. It's so fun. The other thing that's really nice about Versailles that you should make the time to see is um, there's a, in the gardens, there's an extra kind of place you can visit called um, the Grand Trianon. Um uh, the Petit Trianon as well. I think that, yeah, Petit Trianon, which was Marie Antoinette's, um, like kind of palace away from the palace where she could just be with her kids and like be a normal woman a little bit. And then her hamlet, which is like this little farm. Um, I don't know how to describe this. It literally looks like a Disneyland set. Um, but it's this hamlet, uh, with like farmhouses and like wells and barns and all this, it's beautiful. So really make the time to get out there. It's a bit of a walk or take a bike, whatever. Um, palace itself, gorgeous. I think really two hours in the palace is like plenty, TBH, but you do you. Um, it kind of gets like a bit gilded gold decoration overload if you're not really into art and all of that but my my recommendation really is to do the palace at the end of the day or the very beginning if you can get a slot but I do I I have tried going there for the whole day uh the beginning and doing like all the gardens and everything and then hitting the palace at like 4 35 because I think it closes usually I'm going off memory from like May but like closes around six ish so um end of the day slot works really well as well you want either beginning or end because you don't want to be packed and shuffling in there like a bunch of herd of cattle. Okay, that was a long-winded thing on Versailles. Won't bring it up again. Um, second must-see thing for your first time in Paris is at least one Paris museum. I will go into more detail about which I think are worth it. Um, art nerd over here, like I love the museums in Paris. Even if you're not an art nerd, um, they are incredible. And there's some that are free. Um which are really awesome. So if you don't want to pay to go in some, like I have some recommendations for some to see for free because even the buildings of these places are phenomenal. Um, Next thing is walking along the pedestrian side of the Seine. So I mentioned before that there, um, there's like a driving lane, a car lane that, that I think it was closed in 2017. And they, they did this trial to see like, what would it be like if we didn't drive on this anymore. We made it totally pedestrian and it's worked so well for Paris. So there's all these different little like bars on the edge of the, of the Seine, like Panesh, um, like areas you can get food and you can get drinks, whatever, sit in the sun. People are biking, people are walking, people are, you know, running. I've done so many runs up and down the Seine there and it's just fantastic. So walking along as much as you can, the pedestrian lower edges of the banks of the Seine is my favorite thing. Um, third thing to see and do in your first time in Paris, sounds cliche, but I actually really recommend doing it, is having a picnic in front of the Eiffel Tower on the grass and the lawn that's there. Um, I'd say stay back a bit more, but I love going super late so, um, I can see the, the twinkle lights go off, like, you know, where it lights up and sparkles. Um, so that actually happens, the time changes depending on the time of the year, it happens, at the top of the hour after dusk. So right now, if it's the sun setting at like 7.30, it's going to go off at 8. Uh, so just keep that in mind for whatever for whenever you're visiting. Uh, open container is not an issue in France. So bringing that $4 bottle of wine from the grocery store, do not bother buying a bottle that is 14 euros. 
it will not taste any better. It'll probably taste actually honestly worse than the bottle that is four euros. Some I always go for honestly, not the cheapest, but cheaper between like maybe like five euros to eight euros for a bottle of really nice red wine because it's still the bomb.com. Grab that, grab a baguette, some salami, like whatever, cheese, make your own charcuterie. But sitting there with a blanket is pretty, pretty special if you've never seen the Eiffel Tower go all sparkly. Um, another thing I really recommend is doing a boat cruise down the Seine. There's a lot of them. You'll see boats in there all the time. I have one specifically that I will re- recommend, and it actually starts at the top of the canal um, around Republic. And what's really cool, because you get to go down the canal and go through the locks, like the um, the locks that lower the boat down. Excuse me. And then you actually have to go under the... Um, I don't even know what to call it. Like it's not a bridge you have to go underneath um like the bestie area um and it pumps out into the sand so you're going under these these um built up arches that were done in napoleon's age um around where bestie was and if you don't know bestie it was the prison it's where like the liberation and um of, of france was where they cut off and guillotine marie antoinette all that fun stuff um the boat name is called Canorama, C-A-N-A-U-X-R-A-M-A, okay? So it goes down the down the canal, out the locks, uh, under Bestie, out into the sand, goes all the way down, like all the other boats do, down to the Eiffel Tower, and then back, and then it drops you off in Notre Dame. The best. It's like 19 euros. It's, it's so good. It's like two hours. Best bang for your buck. I would not recommend any of the other ones. Um... Next thing, walking tour of Montmartre. I love doing this. I'm not a big fan of like doing tours in places, but the free walking tours that are in Montmartre are fantastic. Montmartre is such a cool area. It's up in the 10th um, and the north of Paris. It's like the artist center, what used to be kind of like the poorer area, um, but where all of your artists live, Van Gogh, Picasso, uh, Gauguin, um, you know, you know, all, all of those all those fun people, and um, where Moulin Rouge is, all that stuff. So the company I really like going with is Discover Walks. They have like these pink vests. There's a couple other companies that do it as well, but these these are all free walking tours. They are pay by tip. So, you know, give whatever you think the tour is worth. I always recommend giving like at least 10 or 15 euro um, per person. Um, but, you know, up to you when you go there. But you learn so much about the artists that live there and really all the kind of illustrious histories of the places in Montmartre, so a lot better than just sort of walking around and looking at buildings. Um, So I really recommend doing a tour there, if anywhere. And then the last thing for your musty first time in Paris is wandering around the Marais. Um, It's such a special place. There's shopping, there's museums, there's little gardens, there's art galleries, there's all these cute streets if you have anywhere to go walking and you're not staying there with like out without an idea of what you're doing or where you're going, please, please spend at least an afternoon in La Marais going around because um, it is wonderful. All right, moving on quickly here, because I don't want this episode to take forever because I could be here talking about Paris forever. You have to make like part two to ten on this city. Um, so st- stuff to skip now. Uh, in your first time in Paris, or really any time in Paris, TBH, you are going to either agree with me or hate me for saying this, so that's fine. 
I'm coming from six times of experience being there, so this is just my personal opinion of what I recommend you skip. Number one, nice and controversial off the top, is the Louvre. Um, I love art. I love art history. I love so many pieces that are in the Louvre. And if you want to go because it's the Louvre, fine. Um, I will not say it's an enjoyable day. It's pretty stressful. It's really tiring. You will never see it all. It's like trying to go to the Met in New York. Um, it gets like information overload and you just stop caring. Like I'm saying this as an artist, like I just stop caring about what I'm looking at because I'm just like, there's so much art. Um, and it's not, if you're not familiar with art and art history too, it's just like a lot of old paintings and sculptures. So if you like that, I mean, like, have at her. If you are going there just to see the Mona Lisa, I really encourage you to not. It is probably the size of an 8 by 10 painting, and you can't get near it because there's people, like, meters deep with all their phones out in the way just trying to take a picture. You don't even look at it because you're just looking at it through your phone. Um, Meanwhile, I will say the hall of French paintings that that Mona Lisa is in are all some of my favorites in the entire world. So the rest of the paintings in the hall are extraordinary. But if you are just going for the Mona Lisa, I really encourage you not to because you will spend in a whole day of your limited time in Paris to look at something that you don't care about and you can't get close to. Um, there's just so much other stuff to see in Paris. I will tell you 10 other museums to go see before seeing the Mona Lisa. I'd rather you go back to Versailles for a second day before going to the Louvre. All right. I'm going to move on from the Louvre because people probably want to throw tomatoes at me now. Number two, just trucking along with stuff that people probably are not going to agree with. Um, going up the Eiffel Tower. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Um, again, it, it, the, it just takes a lot of time to do. It's really hard to get a ticket. You're sort of just like looking at a bunch of little buildings in Paris. If you want good vantage points and views of Paris... The top of Montmartre, the Sacre-Cœur, or go up the Arc de Triomphe, the thing, the big arc that's in in the middle of the Champs Elysees. That I would recommend you do. It's way cheaper, way easier to get in. I think you can just like walk in sometimes, and you can look at the Eiffel Tower from there. The view from the top of the Arc de Triomphe is lovely, and you can stay up there as long as you freaking want. Um, so you, you could go up at dusk and then watch sunset, and sunset behind it goes behind the Eiffel Tower. Mm, it's it's beautiful, but I really don't recommend going up the Eiffel Tower. It is not as great as it is. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like a lot when you're up there. You're like, okay, cool. And kind of like going to New York, like, you don't go up the Empire State Building. At least I don't. I go up a different building so I can look at the Empire State Building. Makes more sense to me. So I recommend you avoid that. Thirdly, Trocadero. Uh, pictures at Trocadero. This is the big kind of monument. It's behind the Eiffel Tower if you're looking like north. Um, it's where all the fountains are. Um, normally I wouldn't like be saying don't go there. It's just it's all boarded up right now. So you can't even take a good picture because it's all like graffiti boards. And it's so crowded. I mean, get off at the metro stop there if you want to go like look. But don't go out of your way to go to Trocadero for these, these magical pictures with your like significant other blah 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 that people do all the time. Because... Um, the experience is pretty shit right now with all the boards up there. This is September 2022, or wow, no, October that I'm saying this, so maybe it's different by now, but it's not 
that spectacular. <laughs> okay, fourth, for all the influencer follower peoples out there, don't go to Pink Mama. <laughs> I love you, but like, you're look. Everyone's seen these pictures of this like cool restaurant or whatever in Paris. Um, all I know of it is that the lines take forever. It's like so hard to get a spot. Their food sucks. It's really overpriced. And like, it's a window that people take a picture at with like pictures on the wall and stuff. I'm, I, I'm not knocking it. It's pretty, but like you're in Paris. Go find something prettier to take a picture with. That's just my personal opinion. You're wasting your time spending your money to eat that food at that restaurant. Next up is Moulin Rouge. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about this apart from like, it's like going to see a Vegas show or something. It's not authentic. Um, if you want that, then have at her. I would avoid it. Uh, it's overpriced and, um, not really that great, but, uh, do as you will. The last thing I would avoid um, if you want to really have a really good experience in Paris for the first time, is the Champs-Élysées. Um, I don't mean going to it at all, like, sure, but, you know, having dinner along the Champs-Élysées or, like, walking or shopping along it, all it is is, like, big, big designer stores, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, Yves Saint Laurent, Dior, and then the the food is crap, guys. Like, it's not, it's not good, good French food. Um, and it's all catered, obviously, to tourists that are there that want to pay a heavy price because it's on the Champs-Élysées. Um, not knocking the road itself. It's a really cool view. Um, so it, the view actually starts from the Louvre and goes all the way down to La Défense. So um, if you are at the Louvre, uh, it's really neat to look like looking west down towards the Arc de Triomphe. You can see the entire way all the way down to La Défense. It's called the Axis of Power. And it's the way that the the the, the Parisians designed the city so that um, all of these really powerful monuments of like conquests all lined up with each other. So um, starting from the Louvre, it's like this that was the old palace um, for the king um, in Paris, and it moves. So that's like the old power, and it goes all the way down this axis, all the way down to La Défense, which is like the financial center, which is the new power, right? Um, so it's a kind of a really cool, uh, street. It's not even one street, multiple streets. So it goes from the Louvre to, um, the, the smaller arc in the Jardin de Tuileries, um, to Place de Concorde, which is like the colonnade in the middle there, all the way down the Champs-Élysées to the Arc de Triomphe. Very cool. If you can take a picture looking down the Champs-Élysées, it's quite, quite cool. Okay. That was the stuff to see and the stuff to not see. So I'm going to move into some of like my top five multi-lists here. So first up here, my top five free things to do in Paris, because girls on a budget, we all love free stuff and Paris can get really pricey, but it doesn't have to be. There's so much to see that is free. So um, first, first, first is just wandering around. And I specifically wrote here, wandering around through the galleries of um, Le Marais, the art galleries there, like going into any of these art galleries that are the private galleries, they're all free or should be. Um, and so it's kind of a bit intimidating to walk into them sometimes if you like don't know where you're going or what you're doing, but just don't, don't worry about that. Someone will yell at you if you're not supposed to be somewhere. <laughs> Trust me. Um, so yeah, one of my favorite things to do is walk around through the galleries in the Marais. Specifically, there is one called Parotin, P-E-R-R-O-T-I-N. 
T-I-N. I think that's, yeah. Okay. Um, it's really cool. It has like all these kind of different entrances and doors and stuff you can get into it. Um, they did use it to film some of Emily in Paris in as well. It's not why I like it. It's just a really cool gallery. They have a lot of really neat artists that come in. You don't have to know art to appreciate what's in there. So that one's really cool to go and visit. Um, along with that in the Marais is the Cavalinette Museum. Um, that is a public museum. Actually, it, it, it uh, houses the, the history of the city of Paris. It's actually so cool. Um, everything from like signs that they had on the different rues, on the different streets, back from like 14 something um to like the different kind of um uh municipality like governments and stuff mayors whatever and into the french revolution like they have it all mapped out it's totally free to go in there's this beautiful courtyard cafe there the actual architecture of the building itself is stunning so you can just spend as much or as little time as you want in there or just sort of like wander through it really really pretty um my other recommendation too is um self a self-guided walking tour of some of the neighborhoods so if not you know Le Marais, then around um like through the, through Sobon the Latin Quarter or like Saint-Germain-de-Prés um those are on the left bank as I said you can look up self-guided walking tours there's like apps for them as well or you can just download one from like Frommers or something and it'll show you a map in like maybe like 10 places to hit um that's really good uh like if you want to want something to do there's some around like kind of Ile de la City where Notre Dame is. Um, yeah, that's a really cool free way to go about it. And you can kind of like do a little walkie walk and hit a bunch of cool places in one neighborhood. Um, my next thing is, and this is especially good if it's rainy as well. The next couple of things is um, Gallery Vivienne or any of the like arcades. So there's Gallery Vivienne, there's um, pa- uh, Passage de Panoramas. Um, these are all kind of north of, um, all, well, kind of all around the opera house. Um, I don't even know which number that is, neighborhood. Uh, anyways, um, those are really cool. It, they were like kind of the old shopping malls that the like bourgeoisie would use because they're covered. So they have like, like glass roofs to them and, um, all these neat little shops in them. They're really, really beautiful. A lot of them are in like original condition or maintained in original condition. Um, I forget which one it is, but like one of them has the very first shop for Christian Louboutin, which is really neat. Um, so it's the very first original store and it's still there. Uh, so those are really fun to walk through. Doesn't really matter, but it, especially if it's kind of rainy or like crappy outside. Um, next is Petit Palais. So there was, uh, there's Grand Palais and Petit Palais. They were made for the Grand Exhibition in oh, like 19, oh, I'm going to get it wrong, but like five, 1903, something like that. Very beginning of the 19th century, 20th century. I'm getting my centuries mixed up. 1900s. There we go. Um, Petit Palais is um, free uh, to go in. There are some paid exhibitions in it. Don't bother. It's not the point. It's beautiful as a building. So just go in there, walk around. There's enough to see that is just uh, free art. And then there's this courtyard garden cafe area there that is stunning. I've gone there multiple times to do work for the afternoon, sort of like a cafe situation. Um, they have a cafe there, so, you know, just buy a coffee, sit down, or lunch, or whatever you want. It is lovely to be in there. It's, like, it's open to the, open to the air, open to, like, the sun and everything to come in. So, it's, it's outdoors, but, um, in the middle of the building. 
really, really pretty. Um, and the last thing is, um, again, around art, but Palais Tokyo. So um, this is a one of the modern art museums that is completely free and it's open till midnight, like every day or almost every day. Uh, so really cool. It's over by Trocadero, like by the Eiffel Tower. Um, and really neat. It also has a restaurant in it. It has this huge club underground in it also, which I've been to and it was wild. I forget what it's called. It starts with a Y. You look it up on Google. Um, anyway, Pali Tokyo, very cool. All modern art, uh, free open till midnight. Okay. That was my free things to do. Haha. Now my top favorite arts and culture based things. I have so many cause Paris is Paris and I'm art nerd, as I say, but, um, there's a few things that I think that are really special that I always recommend for people to do, or I'm always making sure that I do when I go to Paris. So, um, first thing first is visit Notre Dame. Right now you can't go in it because of the fire that happened in Notre Dame. So it's all like boarded up around right now because they're restoring the roof, but I still recommend going to Notre Dame and the square that's there you can still see the whole front facade of the building and that in and of itself is incredible. You can see the restoration work that they're doing to the roof and like all the buttresses on the sides. Um, it's incredible what they're doing. It's like an archaeological feat, really. Um, and then on, on the boards, it's actually cool. It's an exposition, um, exposition, exhibition. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, in and of itself of the process for them restoring the cathedral. So you can read the boards of like what they had to go through after the fire happened and what they have to do. Um, they're trying to finish it for the 2024 Summer Olympic Games. We'll see if they get there. I'm not really sure where they're at with the progress, but do pay a visit over to Ile de la Cité, which is that island in the center. It is the oldest part of Paris and pretty dang cool. Um, on that note, because it's on Ile de la Cité, is um, Saint-Chapelle. And specifically, my favorite thing to do is see a concert in Saint-Chapelle. I don't think that they run all year long. A lot of the times they're from like May to August. So if you're there in off-season, I don't know if you'll be able to go. Um, and if not, then just pay to see Saint-Chapelle in and of itself. But Saint-Chapelle is a chapel, and I forget which Louis built this. It might have been the 13th. Um but it's the personal chapel of the king. And um, it's really small, but it's so special because the entire thing is basically stained glass and it is all original. Um, it, it paints the stories uh, from the Bible, like different stories from the Bible. And it is incredible. Like the whole, uh, it's otherworldly. The whole being in there is just like colored light because every wall is stained glass and it's quite small, right? I mean, like about maybe... 50 people can be in it at a time. Um, maybe more than that, but they do these concerts. Um, so I've seen Vivaldi in there. I've seen Bach in there and it's really special because you get to like hear beautiful music in this chapel and like just watch the light as you sit there and enjoy. So to me, it's the best way to for bang for your buck because you get to hear music. Plus you get to be in the chapel versus just paying to go in and then like look and walk out. Um, so look that up if they have any shows on while you are there. Um, thirdly on here is go to Versailles. Talked about Versailles already, but like in terms of arts and culture, yeah, I do really think that that is worth one of your day trips outside of the city. Um, do make a point of it. It, yeah, it's worth it for sure. Um, museums. <laughs> 
I love the museums in Paris. I don't love all of them equally, but there are a few that I really recommend you to go to. Don't go to all of them if you're there for a short amount of time, but like I'll mention them and what's what's great about all of them. So my favorite favorite of all is Centre Pompidou. It's all contemporary um, art. That was the art that I mean I did. Um, so conceptual art, like some stuff that's more installation based, interactive. Um, Centre Pompidou is the neat, like the coolest building. It's kind of bordering. I think I guess it's in the first. It's bordering Le Marais and like Châtelet neighborhoods, and um, the whole design of the building is a building turned inside out. So literally, if you flipped it op- inside out like a sweater, so like all of the elevators are like these tubes that go outside the building and like you can see all the piping and everything it's it's really really neat um so Santa Pompidou is awesome um it's not too expensive and yeah it's a really good afternoon um it has beautiful views of the city as well because you can go out on these balconies and see the Eiffel Tower you can see Montmartre you can see everything in Paris so uh, it's really neat that way too second is the Picasso Museum um that's in the Marais um it was closed for a long time, actually, because it was getting fixed, but it is, a, one, a beautiful building, but two, tells such a good narrative story about Picasso. Like, I think it's one, one of the best curated museums I've ever been in for, like, giving someone an understanding of who an artist was, not just showing their art. Um, so, really recommend seeing that one and taking the time to go through the whole thing. If you can get an audio guide, like, do that as well. Really, really worth it. Um, now for the big boys, the, the big museums, I said don't go to the Louvre, but the big museum that I will say is worth your while is Musée d'Orsay. It's right across the river from the Louvre. It does all the Impressionist art and forward, so like all 1800 and forward. So think of your Monet, think of your, um, you know, your Renoirs, your Gauguin, um, all like uh, Camille Pissarro, um, all beautiful pieces like that. So Dorset is really nice if you like have an appreciation for art, but kind of know more of that 1800 Impressionist stuff forward. Not so big on the all the religious paintings, which are in the Louvre, um, so that you might enjoy Dorset more. And last but not least, uh, Musée L'Orangerie, which is in the gardens, um, the Tuileries gardens. So it's in front of the Louvre. It's Actually, L'Orangerie is right across from Musée d'Orsay. You can just walk right over the bridge. And it's a small museum dedicated only to the large-scale painting works of Claude Monet, which were the water lilies. And he painted these pieces specifically for this gallery. So it has never changed. It never changes. Maybe the gallery in the basement of it changes. But these are these oval rooms, and they're huge panels of the water lilies. Um, I truly love them. They're beautiful. I try, because there's so many museums in Paris, I try to visit kind of the, the smaller off museums on Free Museum Day, which is the first Sunday of every month. So if you happen to be there during the first Sunday of the month, it's a good day to go. However, you don't want to go to the big museums on that day because you'll be waiting in line forever and there's people everywhere. So um, my strategy is always to visit museums like L'Orangerie and like Picasso on Free Day because there are less people at them than the big, big ones. Okay, last on this list of my top five arts and culture is going to see a show at Palais Garnier. This is the opera house um, in, well, I don't know what this one it is, but it's like the big, beautiful gold one. Um, absolutely gorgeous. And the inside of it is stunning. I mean, you'll have seen videos and images of the staircase in Palais Garnier in so many different shows. It's in Emily in Paris. Um, 
when she goes to the, the show there, whatever. Um, I love seeing the ballets there. I've never actually gone to an opera, uh, um, but I've been to about five different shows at Palais Garnier. Um, you can get tickets. Um, you don't have to really plan in advance. I will give you guys my best kept secret, my best kept secret of Paris, um, which is something I have always kept as like a shh, hush, hush. Um, I guess it's not really a secret, but most people don't know about it. But if you want to see a show there, um, they're usually always like last minute tickets. They're either unclaimed or there's ones that like were reserved and then never picked up. I don't know how it works, but there's always like rush tickets the day of. Um, there is a box office at Palais Garnier. It, if you're looking directly face on to it, it's on the left side in the basement of the building, um, the little box office there. And if you go, I think it's any time after 10 a.m. the day of that show, um, I think that's when it opens. Um, you can go to the box office and ask them what tickets do you have left. They're usually, oh, I think they're all 10 euro, unless you're unless there's extra tickets left that are like the higher categories and you want a specific seat. But all of the rush tickets are 10 euro only. Um, they all will have some sort of limited visibility. My favorite tickets, if you can grab them, are in the boxes. So um, if you're kind of looking at the horseshoe of the the auditorium they're on the like the back like the, the the main facing one not the sides and those boxes are so cool like they have doors you get like locked in um you put your coats up they have like velvet everything um and there's usually three layers of chairs so obviously the high paying people get the ones right at the front where they can lean over the edge then there's a second layer and then the third layer at the back so usually kind of like where you those 10 tickets or 10 dollar tickets are you will kind of have to like lean a little bit or you might even have to stand i've stood for a whole show before honestly didn't matter. Like I didn't care. I didn't even realize it. Um, but I've always had a good enough view from, from seeing that. Yes, I'm tall. My friend who was with me, not tall. She still had a great time. So, um, I really love going to see the ballet there. So check the program, check what's playing. They also have the opera house at Bastille, but that is more operas than ballets. If you want to see opera, I would recommend checking that one out. I think it might operate the same way, but I have no idea. I've never tried going there. Okay, next, because I need to move need to move through this. So, um, my top five food and restaurant slash bar recommendations. Um, disclaimer: I'm not a foodie, so um, I don't always have a super long list. However, um, you know there are some places I absolutely love in Paris and got to try with some of my friends. Shout out to Nila because she is a foodie and gave me, you know, her recommendations on this as well. She's explored like the whole dang city. I feel like and tried everything, but there's so much to get in Paris. So I really encourage you to go out of your comfort zone of trying stuff, um, indulging in stuff. I mean, there's nothing I think I've ever had where they've gone wrong apart from if I went and had something that was super tourist dedicated. Um, so if it's truly French, I never just dis- haven't disliked anything. Uh, so number one here, and this is not like a top to bottom list. This is just the list I have. Um, Lulu, spell it like I say it. Um, it's in the first, it is actually in, uh, in the Louvre. Um, uh, maybe like the end building of the Louvre. I haven't had a chance to go there myself because it's really actually hard to get a reservation, but it is some of the best Italian food you can get. Um, this is my friend Nila's favorite place to go. 
Uh, it is more expensive, but it is beautiful. It has like a view of um, the Jardin de Tuileries and like it's in the Louvre. Yeah, it's lovely. So if you want to go there and plan in advance, call them, try and get a rezo. Like, I mean, like a month out even of when you're visiting. It's really hard, but so good. Um, my favorite, and it's a funny blast from the past, is a restaurant called Chapelle. C-H-E-P-E-R. It's in Le Marais um, in the third. And it's really funny. This restaurant used to be called Le Dôme du Marais. And it was owned by a friend of my aunt's. And so I've been in this restaurant before. I've like partied on tables in this restaurant before when I was 18. Um, And he's since sold it. And so it's owned by someone completely different now. But it's actually so good. So um when I was here in May and in June, um, me and my friends went here like multiple times and it's cool. It's a restaurant, like kind of tapas sharing style, but not, it's just kind of like small plates, but they are beautifully decorated, beautifully made, really good prices, like between 12 and 15 euro for each kind of dish. And you can totally share it between two people and they have the best fucking cocktails guys ever. Um, if you're there, they change up their menu all the time. So maybe they might not have this, but the Cubana is amazing. Um, they have this other like blue gin one also so good. And all their cocktails range from about like 13, 14 euro. So they're really reasonable for Paris and the decor of the, of Chappelle is stunning. And then it flips to a disco, like into a club, um, at about 10 o'clock. So, I like booking a rezo for nine because the kitchen closes at 10. So you have time to like sit, eat, get more drinks, whatever. And then they have a DJ usually, maybe not every night, but like into like end of the week for sure. Wednesday on. And they flip it over to being a club. They turn like the disco ball on. It's so much fun. And we stay there for a long time. So go to Chappelle. Um, my next favorite place, my best crepes in Paris is Creperie Gigi. G-I-G-I. It's up by Republique. It is really reasonably priced. Their crepe complet, which is the regular like ham, cheese, whatever, um, buckwheat, flour crepe, it is the best crepe I've ever had in my whole life. Like I cried. Um, and I've tried a lot of crepes in Paris. So go to Club Gigi. They have other crepes there. They have cider as well, because classic thing is to have your crepe with a cider. Um, so good. And the Marais keeps winning in this category because my next one up is the Marche, uh, um, Marche des, des Enfants Rouges. Um, that is a big market, market of red children. <laughs> I don't know why it's called that. Um, it's in the Marais and it has so many like amazing stalls, really like good, cheaper food, um, lots of different types types of food. Um, if you like snails, they've got good snails there apparently, says my friend. I don't eat that, but you know, have at her. They've got like Lebanese, they've got pizza, they got like a French, they got so much stuff. So go to the, the Maché. It's really, really, really good. Um, next is Chez Julien. I've never actually gone, gotten to go here myself. My friends have, but if you want a typical French like cuisine in a really like f- lovely French atmosphere, um, Chez Julien is a, a wonderful restaurant for that. Uh, okay, and last thing on here for like favorite bars, clubs, whatever, is Mademoiselle Mouche. Uh, this is on Epineche, which is like a floating, floating boat, floating bar. I don't really know. I, never mind. Um, <laughs> it is floating on the Seine. Um, it's sort of, I don't even like 
sort of around Grand Palais area, like in the middle of the city. And it is awesome because they have a bar on top of, uh, on top of it. And it has the best view of the Eiffel Tower. So going there, you can like see it sparkle. They have like awesome DJs, super fun to dance at. It's not too big. So you kind of need to go early ish or be willing to wait in line. Um, if it's like a busy night, but wonderful view. It is outside though. So if it's, you're there for a colder month, obviously keep that under consideration. Okay. Moving quickly to the end of my Paris list for you guys. Um, second to last here. So my favorite, I say secret places to hang out, air quotes secret, but like my places I like to hang out that maybe people know, maybe people don't know. If you've never been to Paris, I'm guessing you don't. Um, so my first on here, and these are all really close to my heart. So I hope you go there because I love them. Uh, is Place de Vosges. Um, V-O-G-E-S. This is one of the um, only parks in Paris where you can sit on the grass, lay on the grass, sleep in the park. Uh, French parks and French garden design is very immaculate. It's mostly about stones. It's mostly about symmetry. Um, You don't dare go on the grass in any other park. You'll get you'll get chased. Um, but in Place de Vosges, it's kind of a free-for-all. So it's so fun because like there's kids playing. There's like these four beautiful fountains there. It's this one kind of square and the buildings all around Place de Vosges are gorgeous. Um, and it's in the middle of the Le Marais. And I go there to paint all the time or read or like I have my morning croissant just sitting on the grass there. Um, the apartment of Victor Hugo, who was um, the writer of Les Miserables and... Um, I think the Hunchback of Notre Dame as well. I hope I got that right. Um, his apartment's there as well. I think it's free or maybe cost a few few euros to go inside and see. I've never actually gone into it, but his apartment is one of the buildings that looks like right at um, at the park. Um, it's gorgeous. Go hang out there. Also, as an aside, speaking of the croissant, my favorite boulangerie or bakery is right around the corner. It's called Boulangerie St. Gilles or Gilles, so G-I-L-L-E-S. Honestly, I have tried so many baked goods across this stupid city. Um, this is my favorite, and it's really cheap. So their baguette tradition is fresh, chef's kiss, so good. Um, but best, best, best of all is the almond croissant. Buy a million of them. I ate one every morning. It's why I gained 10 pounds. No regrets. Um, best shit ever. Okay. Also in Le Marais is Merci. It's a store. Um, it's kind of like a concept store, but like not at the same time that you can buy everything in it. Really cool. And then it has like a library in it, but also a coffee shop, but then a plant section. Like it's, it's really, really neat. Um, so it's off of uh, Boulevard Beaumarché. Um, yeah, just called Merci. Go check it out. It's really cool. Um, last but not least, also in Le Marais is Le Notes. Um, Les Nauts, N-A-U-T-E-S. Um, this is my favorite place to hang out. It's right by the Seine. Lots of young people hang out here. It's a bar, quote unquote, but it's like built into the, like the base of the wall of the Seine. And it only opens like some nights, but man, if it's a warm night or like the sunset's nice, there's people hanging out there forever like till one in the morning it's my favorite place to just chill they've got cheap drinks cheap cider kia whatever it is that you want i've had the best conversations the best like just hangout nights with people down there it is so much fun if you're alone who cares like it's just a really good scene um 
next spot on my favorite places to hang out, secret spots to hang out, is uh, Parc Beauchamont. B-U-T-T-E-S-C-H-A-U-M-O-N-T. It is up, uh, what is the 20th? I don't think it's that far in the 20th, but it's up in the northeast. Um, so there's a little bit of the ways out. It's at the top of the canal and it's this beautiful park, like gorgeous guys. If you go there, you're like, wait, I'm in Paris still. Um, it has like these bridges and these like little turret towers you can go into. Um, wonderful place if it's a nice day out for picnics. Great place to go for a walk. Very like naturey scene, rather like wild growth rather than the delicate and manicured gardens in the rest of um core paris there is one um kind of treehousey restaurant bar there that um again my my aunt's friend used to own doesn't anymore but it's called um pavilion puebla it's also the same it's the, com- the same company owns chapeau as well it's the same division but um it's a really cool spot like a very cool kind of eclectic like scene icy treehouse that's what it feels like to me um so yeah that's pavilion puebla okay um what else is on my list here my other favorite spot to hang out is Jardin de Luxembourg. So this is one of the two major, huge, like, royal gardens, I suppose, in Paris. Tuileries is the one in front of the Louvre. Luxembourg is on the left bank, down um, on the south side. I love Luxembourg. It is, like, it's got palm trees and it's got these big, like, fountain pools that the kids push um, little, like, vintage boats on and people, you know, are running in the park or just, like, having a nap or, like, painting. A lot of the students come there because um, the university is quite near it. And so they come and they're, they're like, sketching the, the statues that are in the park or painting or, um, yeah, there's people playing chess or tennis. It's just a really lively park and it is gorgeous. So having a nap there, reading a book there, Spending just some quiet downtime in Luxembourg is one of my favorite things to do. And lastly on this list is Palais Royal. This is behind, I guess, a little bit north of the Louvre. You'll know Palais Royal, I think, a lot. There's, like, the black and white columns a lot of people take pictures with there. That's not what I like about it. It's the park behind it. Um, If it's really busy, then, yeah, I guess not. But um, in the morning times, it's quite quiet there, and I really like to be there in the morning. Um because the fountains are quite, quite pretty, and all the, just the little green chairs. Anyway, those are my favorite secret spots to hang out. Um, last thing I'm going to leave you guys off with, because I'm hitting an hour here for this episode, but I, I hope you've enjoyed everything I'm giving to you, and you're, like, pinning it all on your own Google map here. Um, but last not, last but not least, um, is my personal, Mel's personal favorite things to do in Paris. Um, there's so many things, but I tried to just throw in not too many for you guys. So this is really my heart and what I love about, what I love about the city. So, um, first on here is walking with no agenda. Truly, truly guys, my favorite thing in Paris to do is Frenna. Just, I go out for a walk and I'll, I'll maybe pick like a direction I'm going, like a neighborhood or whatever. And maybe like, I know how long I have to go out for but I don't really have a plan and I'll pass stuff and I'll be surprised by stuff and I'll be entertained or like mystified by it or intrigued and I'll explore a building because it's free and I can walk into it and you get so much out of Paris by doing that and it's so fun to not be checking my phone every five seconds to go okay but where am I I don't care where the hell I am like 
I'll hit, I mean, I'll hit the, I'll hit the river at some point and not fall in. Right. And then I'll know where I am. So, um, don't worry about getting lost, get lost. Like that is the point. And if you do that, even for a day, you will have so much fun. Like it, it's the, it's my favorite thing to do. So walk with no agenda. It's called flanel in French. Um, and they do it all the time. My next favorite thing to do is biking along the Seine, specifically at night. Maybe you're not comfortable with doing this, which is totally fine, but I will oftentimes like bring a picnic or whatever. I'll go to the Eiffel Tower for, you know, like the night sparkly times, um, hang out there till maybe like, well, it depends on the time of year. I'm kind of thinking summertime, but like till nine or 10 o'clock, whatever. And then I'll get on my Velib bike because I have a pass for it and I'll bike all the way from the Eiffel Tower down the edge of the Seine on the bike paths all the way back to Marais. And, you know, I can go down, down to like the edge of the Seine on the bike path down there or like up on the higher bank. And the lights are just beautiful. Becking over the bridges is beautiful. It's quieter. You're not worried about cars or like as many people hitting them. It's my favorite thing. And the wind just like kind of in your hair and mm, it's just special. Um, Third on here is sunrise hour in Paris. Um, if you're not an early riser, you might struggle with this one. I was doing it mostly for photography, but I realized that like Paris was so cool in the hours and this is like June. So this is like, this is the earliest it would ever have to be. But I was out there at like 4.45 in the morning and like that period of like 4.45 to like seven was really cool. Even till eight guys, I would honestly say, cause the French sleep in. <laughs> They don't go to work at eight. Um, I think work starts at like 10, but going around the Seine, especially, but even some of the monuments, like I was at the Louvre at about seven thirty, and I took some of the coolest shots down like the different arcades and halls and stuff like in the Louvre. And it was just deserted. Like, like there'll be people out because they were out the night before and they're going home at four in the morning, which is hilarious. But otherwise the city is pretty calm and quiet and like, being on Pont Alexandre, which is um, the Alexander Bridge, it's the one that goes from um, Grand Palais across to um, Invalide, and it has it's all gilded, like gold and beautiful. It's a bridge in Sex and the City. Um, looks at the Eiffel Tower. Like being on that bridge in the morning when the sun's coming up is really magnificent, and it's just so quiet. So sunrise hour in Paris. Um, sitting at a bistro outside for happy hour make sure you do it I always keep saying like oh I gotta do that and like I think I did it once in the whole month and a bit I was there um but just sitting on those little chairs just pick one I don't really care which one it is I don't care if it's good order a coffee order a crepe I don't know whatever um and just people watch like watch them go by and like listen to the French sit there and have their cigarettes and talk about who knows what if you understand French, I guess you will know what, but, um, yeah, just watching the day go by kind of hanging out there is, you got to do that for one, one time. Um, what else do I have on here? Yeah. I wrote parks because they just, they do something for me special. So as I said, Place de Vosges, Luxembourg, Jardin de Plantes, which I didn't mention before, but that is, um, a less, less visited, like botanical garden. Um, on the left side. Yeah. Visiting these parks is really is like, to me, some of the heart and soul of Paris, not going into monuments and things. So make sure to spend some time 
um, in those parks. Um, watch the sunset from the top of Montmartre. Watching the sunset from, like, watching at the Eiffel Tower is really fun, but watching the sun go down over the city and just paint the whole sky and everything pink, because Montmartre is the highest point in Paris, that's stunning. So, sitting on the steps there, or the lawn, whatever, in front of the Sacre-Cœur, um, yeah, make sure you do that at some point. Um, having drinks and snacks down at the sun at night. I spoke about Les Nots before. That's like one of my favorite spots to hang out, but really anywhere, like kind of down on the banks and there's always going to be like younger people, kids, whatever, hanging out down there. Um, the little bars that are sprinkled along the edges of the banks more towards like Bastille and more towards the, the, like the, the East. Um, yeah, there it's, it's so much fun and you can just bring whatever you want and hang out down there. You don't have to go to and pay for anything. Um, and lastly on here, I wrote, um, listen to the street performers on Ile Saint-Louis or on Ile de France, the two islands that are, uh, in the middle of the city. There's bridges that kind of like, obviously connect <laughs> to the banks of Paris and to each other. And some of the best street performers I find are always on Ile Saint-Louis, which is the smaller of the two. And, uh, yeah, just, hey, if, if you find street performers anywhere, just like stop and like sit on the street and listen to them for a while because just looking at the buildings around you and going, damn, like this is Paris, this is special. And listening to someone play accordion or trumpet or whatever it is, I've seen people roll full on pianos down the street. Um, there's just something so, so Parisian about that. <laughs> so, anywho, those are my lists, guys. I know there was a crap ton of information. I hope that it helps kind of give you the heart and soul and sense of Paris and what I loved about it and what makes me keep coming back to it. Um, I hope that you find something to fall in love with it yourself and understand, I guess, and, and find your own specialness um, when you visit. But, you know, the best times I've had there really truthfully, guys, are, are just being relaxed and enjoying what's around you. I think a lot of cities, it's always about the hit list of what you got to see and the magic of Paris is actually having less to see and more just experience the city in and of itself. Um, if you didn't even have a list, I think you would have an amazing time if you were open-minded to it. So really my best advice is don't try to see it all. You know, drink wine, eat baguettes and enjoy the things that you stumble upon because um, they're really, truly amazing. Um, don't worry about the French being rude. They're not. They're just direct. <laughs> um, or I guess if you think they're rude, then that's fine. But uh, it is an incredible place. And I hope that you have the best time in going there. I, If you have been and resonate with any of these things, I'd love to hear your comments. You can always DM me or just leave a review on Apple Podcasts and just let me know what what you liked. Um and if you've done any of these similar things or maybe things on your favorite things to do list that I've never heard about, I would love to hear them because I will definitely be back there. Hopefully next year we'll see. But um, yeah, hope this was uh, really helpful for you guys, that it was so much fun to record. I miss it already. Showed it to my BFF, Bianca, because she's there right now, living her best life. And, um, you know, je t'aime. Okay. I'll see you guys next week and talk to you later. Bye.